Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Lynn had noticed Caelan going into the town more and more frequently in the weeks leading up to the equinox. It had started as purely a gentle interest, watching him come back at the end of the day with another bag from the market. It wasn't even particularly strange that he was coming back fully laden. It was odder that he wasn't immediately showing Lynn what he had bought and seemed to be hiding it, although what he thought was subtly. He didn't want to pry, necessarily. He was just curious, and this wouldn't be the first time that curiosity got the better of him. It was after Canaan fell asleep that he did it, sneaking into the closet to look into one of the bags. There were twenty or so of them, some fuller than others, all tucked in Canaan's corner of the closet. The first he opened were full of clothes, things that didn't look to be Caelan's style, but maybe it was a gift. Maybe Caelan was trying something new. It was only on the fourth bag that he figured out what exactly it was. The little wooden ghosts enchanted to flicker so they looked almost real. The rolled up painting of a demon which danced in the flames around it. Of course. The Equinox. Lynn had never really celebrated it himself, his family weren't interested and his father hated the idea of giving out free food to whoever came around in their costumes. Sometimes he wondered whether or not his father just hated fun. It was then that the realisation hit him. The old tales that the equinox was the time the barriers between the plains became the weakest, where ghosts and demons could walk the earth without any resistance. All true, of course, just in recent centuries the ghosts that appeared were only the most restless, the ones that he couldn't breathe. The panic struck him all at once, that couldn't happen, they couldn't return, all of the souls that he had sent to the astral plane himself, it would ruin everything. The first sign that there was something wrong wasn't a sign, exactly. Caelan didn't even know how long that they had been there, the two small shards of rock either side of the front door. It was only when he got closer that he realised they were black gemstones, apparently standing guard over the entrance to the house. He left them be, not wanting to mess with something that Lynn had obviously so deliberately put there. It became more concerning when he noticed the same gems at every entrance in the house. The back door, the side doors, the old delivery door to the kitchen. That concern only grew when he noticed those same stones standing guard over the windows as well. He didn't bring it up. Lynn had never done it before, and he wondered whether it was just a... tradition. 
His mother had told him once of superstitions of some of the clans in the Bellata Forest, those who feared the dead returning and those who welcomed it. Maybe Lin was afraid, but that somehow didn't seem right. Lin was usually so logical, and Caelan had seen him stare death in the face without fear more than once. So the only reason he could think of was that it was just something his family used to do, so it was something he did. Now that he knew what to look for, more hints popped up. Hints that his mother confirmed with her specific magical knowledge. Lynn had been talking about hiring a gardener for a while now, but Caelan spotted three making their way around the garden. They had nearly scared the life out of him at first, the three wood owls rounding a corner when he was lounging naked by the pool. But as soon as he knew they were there, he kept spotting them. He had seen their shop in town, they were from the Bellata Forest, druids, but from a different clan to his mother. Not that he recognised them, per se, but the fact was proudly advertised them in their windows all the same. He wondered if there was something magical going on alongside the normal gardening. Lynn had always mentioned before that he only wanted to clean up the gardens that were already there, but these gardeners were pulling up the flower beds and replanting them. Caelan had never really been one for plants, but, well, you didn't grow up with your mother being a druid and owner of an apothecary not learning anything about them. Agrimony, along the edges of the garden, almost invisible along the hedgerows. He remembered the smell from when he had been trying to kick his drinking habit. His mother had never pushed it on him, of course, but he remembered rolling the little jars in her shop in his fingers, debating whether or not it could help him. The flower beds were slowly being filled with chrysanthemum of all shapes and colours. They were beautiful, and Caelan wouldn't have even read into it if it wasn't for the faint memory of his mother telling him they planted them around the village to keep out the bad spirits of the forest, and to deter those who meant their little clan harm. A new herb garden sprung up in a couple of days, herbs already full-grown and looking ready to harvest. Along with it grew Lynn's fascination with them. Too many times in the morning, Caelan had woken up to Lynn out harvesting, or spreading an odd smelling oil on the woods of the window panes. Bunches of dried herbs appeared around the house, hidden amongst bunches of flowers sat on the windowsills. If this was a tradition, then it was a hell of a comprehensive one. Lynn had been cooking when Caelan tried to sneak up behind him. He had been getting better at it, and it might have worked if Lynn hadn't been so damn paranoid lately. He still acted surprised, though, and the half-elf didn't seem to notice as he grinned up at him. So, what are you wearing tonight? Caelan asked, wrapping his arms around his waist and resting his chin on his shoulder with a grin. Lynn looked down at him in confusion, pressing a quick kiss to his temple before chuckling quietly, as he kept stirring the sugar mixture he was working on. What I'm wearing now? Unless you have any other ideas, why? He asked, genuinely curious as he tried to focus on not burning the sweets in front of him. 
What is the equinox? Kaylin exclaimed, putting on a face of shock that Lynn wondered whether it was real or not. You have to wear a costume. He pouted, and Lynn's chances of avoiding that particular tradition disappeared. Well, I don't have one, so I'll have... He started, before Kaylin interrupted him with a look like a cat that got the cream. I already got you one, if you don't mind matching with me, he grinned, looking up at Lynn through his lashes as if Lynn had a chance of resisting that. You... You know we're not going to go out anywhere, right? I'm just making these to give out to the kids that turn up at the door. We can't do that if we're at a party. Not that, not that we have a party to go to. Well, there are parties, it's just they're not really the type of party to... He started drabbling, only stopping when Caelan pushed up onto his tiptoes and pressed their lips together. Just staying here and dressing up with you, cheering kids up, that sounds just about perfect. Meet me upstairs when you're done with all your chefing, okay? Lynn doubled and triple-checked his cooking, but he knew there was nothing more he could do to delay having to go upstairs. It wasn't like he wasn't looking forward to spending the time with Kaylin, not at all, it was just... His nerves had been frayed for the last few days anyway, and this really wasn't helping. He couldn't help but run through everything that Kaylin could do as he ascended the stairs. The worst... Worst possible scenario was some kind of outfit that would reveal too much of his skin. It wasn't that he hated his body, he knew he was attractive, it was just... He couldn't risk people seeing enough of his tattoos to know what they were. That's why he was always sure to wear something that covered them all whenever he left the comfort of his own home. Opening his door, he found Kaylin relaxing on the bed with a book. He wasn't surprised, it was one of Kaylin's favourite activities, it was just that it wasn't often that the half-elf was able to stay awake after any length of time in bed. But Lynn wasn't so lucky. Kaylin had jumped up as soon as Lynn entered, and the look of excitement on his face made Lynn's mind up instantly. Sure, he was going to hate this with a passion, but it was all worth it to make Kaylin happy. Instead of making his way to Lynn, he moved over to the closet, throwing the door open and grinning as he beckoned the elf inside. There was a millisecond of hesitation. A millisecond Lynn prayed he didn't notice, before he moved over with a smile. There were two costumes hung up, and Lynn instantly knew which was for him. A long tailcoat, tightly fitted down to his waist before fanning out to train behind him. They had been the height of fashion, probably before Kaylin had even been born, and Lynn had worn them once or twice, even without it being a costume. But the skin-tight black shirt and trousers told him Kaylin was going for something else entirely. Lynn had been to circuses before, of course he had, but they had been joyous, colourful things. Kaylin had obviously taken that and put a dark twist on it. Gone were the bright colours, replaced with a black patina for most of the outfit, with blood-red trimmings to break it up, even just a little. Kaylin had gone for mostly the same colours, although Lynn did notice he had chosen to replace the standard red with the blue he preferred. 
It worked, in a way, taking the expected and turning it right on its head, adding a layer of wrongness to the whole scenario. Kaelin had gone for a black shirt and trousers as well, but he had tied a checkered scarf around his waist to add to it. Not quite a perfect harlequin, sure, but at least Lynn could see what it was supposed to be. I have some makeup too, if you didn't mind it, Kaelin added, resting his chin up onto Lynn's shoulder. And Lynn did mind it. He had always hated makeup. The way it felt on his skin, the way it made him look even more feminine than he already did. But if Kaelin wanted it, well, then Kaelin would get it. Yeah, um, if you could do it for me. I must admit, I'm not the most talented with things like that. I tend to poke myself in the eye, he giggled. And it wasn't a lie. He had technically done that once. Kaelin's smirk should have worried him, but all it seemed to do was make his heart jump a little in his chest. He had made Kaelin happy, and after all, that was all he really wanted to do right now. If he could focus on cheering Kaelin up, maybe he could just forget how useless he was in every single other aspect of his life. It was the end of the night, when Lynn was staring at himself in the hallway mirror. He knew that it was still him, he did, but it didn't look like him, from the slick-backed hair to the dark hole around his eyes. The evening had been successful, all Kaelin's doing, of course. Lynn never could have orchestrated things that well. The mixture of their costumes, Lynn's sweet treats, and a little dash of Kaelin's magic meant that children both rich and poor alike were delighted to turn up to their door. Lynn definitely wouldn't have pointed it out, but he even noticed a few faces appearing over and over again. But that was then, and this was now. The stream of visitors had dwindled hours ago, and Kellen had gone to bed not long after. It was getting closer to midnight, to the time of night that everyone said the barriers between the plains were the thinnest. If his family were going to return at any time, it would be then. Opening the door down to the basement was a nightmare in its own right. He hadn't been there since that faithful night, not even to clean up. He had hired people to do that. It had never been the dark, dingy basement that he had often read about in books. Sure, it was a little dusty from lack of use, but the lights still turned on like they did before. It was dry down there, the same furniture that he remembered his mother had bought two years previously, the last time she had renovated down here. The muted orange chairs had all been pushed to the edge of the room in preparation for the ritual that had taken place. The sheer contrast between their fluffy blankets and pillows and the magical circle, daubed in dried blood on the floor, made his head spin, like two parts of his life crashing together all at once and in the most painful way it could. He tried not to think of what happened here, what the symbols painted around the room meant as he rested his bag on one of the sofas and started to dig out his supplies. More herbs, some brewed into tea and some to be sprinkled around for added protection. Candles to be lit, gemstones to be arranged in very specific places. 
It annoyed him how long it took, but he had to be careful here. One small mistake, and he didn't even want to think about it. His work was finally finished, far closer to midnight than he would have wanted. A small voice in the back of his head chastised him. If they wanted to come back, then they would have come back already. But that was what the lower level protections in the house were for, another voice argued back. If they were to come back anywhere, it would be here. They were probably tied here somehow. Usually ghosts could wander, but those caught in a ritual such as this? No. They would be tied here. He just needed more protection to take him through midnight. The tea he drank was bitter, foul-smelling, but it was necessary. The rest of his precautions had protected the house, protected the environment at large, but this would protect him from the inside. It wasn't that he was entirely certain that one of his family would possess him, but it was always a possibility. He settled himself in the middle of the circle. He didn't think he had to, but it seemed right, somehow. Correct. It was a punishment, definitely, but he was the first one to admit that he needed a punishment here. Why should he not atone for his sins? So that was where he sat, curled up in as small of a ball as he could possibly make himself, while still staying upright enough to drink. He would stay here until the sun came up. It would only be a few hours, but those few hours felt like they stretched forward a lifetime. It had been a long time since Lynn had truly felt fear, and for the first time in over a century, Lynn wished he believed in a god to pray to.